celebrating the fact that we're all booking our Hand of Pod tour to Brazil, welcome to this week's pod. this week. Uh, first of all, it is our names, of course. I almost forgot that. I'm Sam Kelly. Welcome back to my living room again this week. Uh, my brother is not here this week, but I am joined once more by Andres. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Hannah Paul. Um, hi there. Uh, who was so impressive last week that we, we insisted on having him back. Absolutely. And um, by the, the much, almost almost forgotten, you've been away for a while. Uh, Joel Richards. I'm offended, but what's it been? Slow, two weeks. Slow, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, in Argentine football, two weeks is a long time. So Indeed, yeah, that's fair enough. We've, but, gone, uh, but from, it's very we've gone from the championship barely having started to already being a third of the way through. It that's right, that's right. But uh, no, I'm delighted to be back as always. Um, the very first thing to tackle this week on on hand of pod, being as we are an Argentine uh, football podcast, we occasionally have to talk about. We get occasionally get the chance to talk about uh, something that the rest of the world is actually interested in hearing. Um, <laughs> because every couple of months the Argentine national team play a match that's, that's meaningful and uh, last night's was, was very meaningful indeed it finished at uh, 20 past half past 11 I think it was local time apparently we're an hour behind us aren't we yeah. um, half past midnight-ish Argentine time um, and it involves the Argentine uh, national side sealing their passage to Brazil 2014 um, there will have been a couple of occasions prior to that in the evening when it could have happened in the afternoon and then later in the evening but uh, Lionel Messi and Alejandro Savela don't need to rely on, on other people to, to do it for them so after Colombia and God, what was the other one there? was it Uruguay uh, had, had balled up the chance to, to seal uh, qualification for Argentina Argentina did it themselves and they did it in, in some style didn't they Jones? Absolutely and the first thing is to think back to 2009 the, the previous World Cup qualifier in Asuncion, Argentina lost 1-0. Coaches then were Tata Martino for Paraguay and Mr Maradona for Argentina. And I mean, just such a different uh, performance, result and, and everything. Because obviously for the 2010 World Cup, they needed the uh, right until the death to, to qualify. And they'd done it with two games uh, to go. And scoring five goals away to, to a, a poor Paraguay, but nonetheless a, a really solid result. So I think just second, you know, hats off to Sabella. Second time in Conmebol uh, World Cup qualifying history that Argentina have scored five in an away match. First time ever, according to Paraguay Ralph, Ralph Hanna, um, that Paraguay have conceded five goals in a competitive match. Uh, and the previous time Argentina scored five away was 1996 against Venezuela, which he attempted to say doesn't really count because it was Venezuela in 1996. And, and first time since 1997 that Argentina uh, wins uh, there in Paraguay. Uh, mm. Since 1997, and uh, according to to what Joel said about the the, the well, par- last uh, uh, match between Paraguay and Argentina in 2009. Uh, we, we can also say that then Paraguay reached uh, quarterfinals of, of World Cup in mm. South Africa with with uh, Tata Martino also uh, losing against uh, Spain very very narrowly not in a, 
huge uh, difference for Spain. So that uh, uh, yes, it, it's it's a real re remarkable the difference between those, that Paraguay and this one, and also those, that Argentina to this one because yeah. uh, mm. uh, uh, the, the the group and the the team, but the group uh, uh, seems very very hard in in Argentina. Talking about the the the, the atmosphere, the, the how they they they. Uh, achieve the qualification uh, it was uh, apart from that uh, one team attacking one, one other completely different dif uh, different defending but uh, uh, if you see Argentina passing midfield well uh, you have to be very very careful uh, uh, it's uh, really really uh, well uh, surprising how Argentina uh, uh, scores uh, it's a half a goal when they mm. go into attack. So but, that's, but you're right. But they're, they're incredibly. What I think is quite interesting here is is how different. How basically Sevilla's side is such a counter-attacking side. Messi's goals. Are, well, there were two penalties yesterday, but very often they're on the counter. Di Maria's goal on the counter. Um, so although they scored five goals, it wasn't like they pegged Paraguay right back in their half and are passing it around and then the tappings although if Palacio had been uh, slightly uh, more informed then maybe there would have been but the point is that you know, really I mean just as you, as you said and this is the um, how effective they are on the counter attack yeah. especially with the kind of passing that Gago brings to the team I think without him uh, it's quite a different proposition from midfield but um, yeah very solid although at the back there are at the back there are questions um, to be asked obviously um, one of the, the things in fact Joel's kind of backed up what, what I've I seem to remember saying a few months ago which is that Argentina have got the perfect personnel to play that kind of game yeah. at least in, in the attack um, obviously the defence needs, needs to be shored up and in a way it's almost a good thing that Paraguay scored the two goals they did because it stopped everybody from being too elated Lionel Messi set up to the match you know there are still some things that we know that we have to improve on before we can call ourselves world champions uh, ne next year um, well, name, namely winning all the games in, in Brazil but but for once nobody in the Argentine press pack disagreed with him. Yeah. Uh, even though they were all, you know, it's 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 a good mood, but it's it's not completely over the top um, for a change. And particularly the Paraguay's first goal, uh, which is it all right to just say it was Sergio Romero's fault? Well, absolutely, is that acceptable? Absolutely. I, don't, I don't like to slate goalkeepers too much. Yeah, but it's a massive off. problem. It's it doesn't look good. It's it's not good for his confidence that in a, in a comfortable game they still conceded mm. that goal and and another one which was poor marking. But I mean, the, uh, the second one, by the way, prevented it from being Paraguay's heaviest ever competitive defeat. It was uh, it, they they lost a few times by by three goals before, but they've never lost by four. Um, so if, if that second one hadn't gone in, good old Rocky Santa Cruz. Indeed, indeed. Um, but Andres as an Argentine. I'm presuming a, a more of a fan of the Argentine national side even than Joel and myself are. Um, which, is, which is saying something. Oh, absolutely. Uh, are there any? Are there other goalkeepers you'd like to see tried? I mean, what do you think of Sabella? It, obviously, on the one hand, it, it's it's every manager needs to show confidence in his goalkeeper, and the history of the World Cup has been written with plenty of, of goalkeepers being questioned in the past and managers being vindicated in their confidence. Um, are there other goalkeepers that you'd like to, to see, though? I mean, we, we hear a lot about Winnie Cavachero, for example. Yes, here the problem is that uh, Sabella uh, likes, as many other uh, coaches, to call up uh, not, all, not only goalkeepers, uh, uh, players in different positions that he knows well. Even though the, the rating is not the, the one 
uh, supporters want or, 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 or the ideal rating that uh, could uh, take them to the to the national team. But uh, I think yes, Barovero, for example, is uh, 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 independently that I am a River supporter. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's uh, doing doing very very good, uh, and yeah, uh, just the opposite. To, for example, Orion, who is also called uh, called up uh, fre frequently. The, the Boca Juniors. Yeah, Boca Juniors. He was in the squad. Uh, he was on the bench. For, goalkeeper for the who is suffering uh, a, a, a different uh, amount of goals than than the Barovero, and mm. that he made the River Plate, for example, uh, uh, reach uh, the one sixteen round of for Copa Sudamericana yeah, on his own. Yeah, <laughs> Just blocking the, the goal for San Lorenzo, uh, making San Lorenzo not uh, to score uh, any goal in the second uh, uh, match for the for the draw between River and San Lorenzo. Hmm. Uh, so I think yes, for at least Barbero must be must have a, a chance uh, at least as a, as a third goalkeeper. I don't uh, see him uh, being uh, on the one on the starting lineup for uh, an official match. But at least I think he's uh, doing everything to be to be uh, called up. Uh, sure. What's interesting about the keeping question is that not apart from Caballero and, and Malaga, all the other names because people are mentioning Orion, yeah. Barroero, and also Saka. Even though Racing are, are, are struggling, but Saka has been the best keeper in, in Argentina for for the last couple of years. Really, those all three are playing here, and it's interesting mm. that there's not really many candidates for the for the position based in Europe, which obviously the rest of the team is, which I think is quite interesting, but also there's a problem with Romero, which is, as I understand it, perhaps listeners, well, listeners probably will know much better than, than certainly I do, but apparently Romero isn't really playing at Monaco, so he's on loan at Monaco yeah. for the season, um, I, I believe, but, but apparently he's not first choice, so that in itself is also a problem for, if he doesn't get many games um, over the four, next, next sort of six, seven, eight months, um, what happens... Is he going to be in good shape for, for Brazil or not? It's, it's going to be interesting in some... We should obviously point out, uh, as, as a counter. of course, Paraguay were already out by the time this, this match had kicked off due to earlier results, so they, they were eliminated from the World Cup. But at the same time, uh, we've, we've poured some, some scorn on, on the, the goalkeeping situation, perhaps. But it's worth mentioning that Gonzalo Higuain was suspended, Javier Mascherano was suspended, so you have two of the two absolutely nailed-on starters... Um, who were missing? There were a couple of others as well. Was Sabaleta? There was someone else who's, who's normally regular and who wasn't involved uh, due to injury or something, I think. Um, so, was it Sosa? Quite possibly, Joel, yeah. The Sabaton. Indeed. Um, so it was, it was an impressive performance uh, in other ways, but it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what the, the makeup of the squad is like for the last couple of qualifiers now for the Peru match uh, which is next uh, I think it's October, uh, October the 11th thank you um, and then for the, the away match to Uruguay when of course uh, it, by the look of it at the moment a, a draw um, could be enough to see Uruguay cement an automatic place and if yeah. you're one of these people who thinks that the rivalry between uh, Argentina and Uruguay would never never allow that to happen um, then you should find somebody who's Colombian and ask them about it. Uh, ask them what happened during the 2002 qualifiers. Although Colombia, at least, uh, unlikely to be screwed over this time. No, no, for sure. But you're right. Afro apparently are concerned, worried about specifically Barcelona asking Messi not to have yeah. to travel to the, for these games. But obviously, um, on the first first thing is that I don't think Messi would want to. I think Messi 
himself would say, because he's always done this, when he's won prizes, he's, he's, he's um, handed them out, he's shared them with the rest of the squad. He's always been very much one of the lads. There was a big thing about a press conference that he did, um, and he said, no, no, if everyone else is doing some mixed zone out, out there in the car park with all journalists, I'm going to do the same. Hmm. Of course, he needs the separate press treatment to all the other players, but the point is that he's very much... All for one, one for all. He so was, think, that, he was asked about it come. post-match last night, and he yeah. said, "I've heard some whispers about it, but if all else being equal, I, I want to come." Yeah, Obviously, course. he wasn't going to put it in a way that upsets his employers, um, who are Barcelona. But, but he's done it before. For the, yeah. To go to the Olympics, he yeah. picked up a fuss and, and he went. So I think he he all want to come. But the point is that if they don't let, if they if Afa let into uh, request from Barcelona, if it comes to not call up Messi, then. You know, all the others will do the same. Say, so, well, hang on, um, yeah. Napoli aren't going to want to get let Iguain come. Everyone else, and so and Sabella needs two more competitive games to to to, to sort out the, the problems mm. that there are. Yeah, there will won't be any more uh, uh, official matches to prove the team in mm. in order to adjust for the World Cup. And uh, yeah. uh, apart from that, there is uh, one thing that is perhaps Uruguay and Ecuador, Ecuador uh, can. Can uh, fight for a, a place to, to to the to the Brazil. Mm. Uh, so, uh, if sure. Argentina doesn't uh, uh, line up a, 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 a serious team or a, I don't know a, the uh, an ideal lineup, uh, the the rival to the one who plays against Argentina in this case Uruguay could be well uh, in disadvantage for 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 this match and. and uh, that is something to 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 talk about, perhaps uh, between the I know uh, Sabella and, and uh, 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 even though he didn't know uh, before the match the uh, the news that uh, apparently Barcelona would ask him not to call up Messi for the the two. Apparently, Barcelona have got um, yeah. a Champions League group stage game against uh, Milan a few days before Messi would have to fly out and then they've got a, a league match against Madrid um, a few days after he gets back which is weighing into their decision to sure. to make this appeal um, but still I think we can expect Ultimately, I think Sevilla, I mean, he was you see how he reacts even when they scored the fifth goal he still goes completely berserk he's still so intense I mean the game is completely won and Sevilla is, is still well, every, really every, really intense every goal that Argentina so, so he's scores not someone, he, he's, not, he's not a coach who will say, oh, do you know what, these two games, let's just let's try something completely. No, he's, he knows what his first team is, and mm. agree, you know, he, he will, he'll, I think he'll go for after pushing to have everyone here and, and play the best team, because yeah. he needs, as you said, he needs that practice in, in competitive uh, circumstances. And every, every goal as well that Argentina score is another middle finger stuck up to the people here who still claim he's too defensive as a manager. And, and it's incredible. Argentina. I'd just like to point out as well, if they, if they can manage... To score three goals in each of the next two matches, which might sound fanciful if we were talking about any other side, but it's pretty much what they've done over the last two years anyway. Yeah. Um, then they will finish with more goals scored than the than the, the top scoring team in either of something like the last three or four um, South American World Cup qualifying sections. And bear in mind, because obviously Brazil aren't playing in this one, that's with two games fewer mm. um, having been played. Yeah. Can I, I've been outstatted by you both so far, so I'm just going to throw out mine. Messi, 20 goals in 22 games under Sabella, which is filth in my opinion. How many in the 22 prior to Sabella taking charge? And he hadn't scored for 16. Very few. Yeah. And, and he passed uh, Crespo, I think. Uh, he, yeah. he, mm. he has only be, uh, up, uh, he only has to, to 
make more goals than that Batistuta because uh, I think he's 36 goals that's right he's passed now in official matches for, yeah. yes uh-huh. but you're right Sam what you're saying about the how he's perceived as being very defensive and, and making bad team selections you think look they've qualified with two games to go they're scoring loads of goals but they're not I mean they're not running away with it in the sense that everyone says oh this is perfect you know we're definitely going to win so everyone knows there are things to improve but Overall, I mean, it's a sensational uh, qualification campaign. So, you know, what's what's the problem? Yes, the the superb attack level uh, makes you forget about the the yeah. back uh, yeah. that well, Basanta was called up uh, <laughs> playing at Monterrey, uh, and and you say well, but uh, I, another player from River Plate, for example, Lionel Banchani is uh, uh, playing very really really uh, good, and. Uh, he, I think he had only one or two calls, uh, calls uh, up, and you say, well, uh, uh, perhaps there are two or three players that can can uh, make their way to the national team uh, from now to the to the to June when the World Cup takes place. Uh, but uh, as I had had said before, uh, uh, Sabella likes to call players who really knows uh, independently of the. Of the of the rating that he he had before and and stuff like that. Yeah? I think you're right. Vangioni is a really interesting one actually because if there is one position that without doubt needs resolving, it's left back. Mm. And you're right, Vangioni and also is a really interesting option for the type of player that he is. I mean, he's very comfortable much further forward. So I mean, him as a left back um, for the national team, I mean, he bombs forward. He's got great shot on him. And you're right, he's been excellent for River. He's been River's best player consistently for. Um, for the last and, and more last taking into account that, that national team well, yeah, yeah, sure. national team defenders uh, from the sides from the right and left uh, there aren't uh, very very much options uh, no of course after Sabal- fortunately really Sabaleta is able to play on both sides but he can't he play both no of course he can't <laughs> play on both at once um, but he, he's an option for both and if he wasn't really Argentina would already have had um, a few problems with that with, with injuries and suspensions and whatnot to other players yeah. um, so that's definitely worth consideration um, Messi is now on 37 goals he started off last night's match level with Crespo on 35 um, he's, that means he's 19 behind Gabriel Batistuta he's already played 5 matches more than Batistuta did uh, for Argentina but of course Batistuta was very much the target man up front um, does anybody know who's got the best goals per game average for the Argentine national team that's probably someone from the 20s isn't it See, I was thinking you might say Luis Artime, because he's the, the name right, most, yeah. most frequently here. Well, exactly, in yeah. fact, is... Uh, oh, I've lost him. Where's Obviously, he was in the 40s, 50s, but... Um, yes, he was um, a while ago. 61 to 67, if I was oh, a uh, But one who is from the 40s, René Pontoni, who scored 19 goals in 19 matches for Argentina. How's that? And that's almost Pushkas-like, isn't it? Not quite, but not far off. Um, well, can I tell one more thing? You can. I don't think either of them were penalties. Neither of them. Yeah, Aguero. The first one, I can see why he might. There's not. no, there's no contact. The first one, there's no contact, and the second one, Messi, he makes a lot of it. I mean, he, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. The, the the second one, the guy pretty much puts his head down and barges him over with his shoulder in, into the chest area. Yeah, he's a South American qualifiers. What do you want? <laughs> That's how you defend in these things. <laughs> the second one I don't have too many complaints with the first one the first I one was ridiculous and it was a half lane penalty it was, it was I mean it was because when, when the 
Plus, the way it was directed on the TV and saw the yellow card, I, I really thought it was for Aguero for diving. I yes, mean, there was a, a that there. Well, what did he give, uh, give the penalty or, yeah. or not? Or and and you can discuss that penalty, but not the second one. The second no, one. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll be, I'll be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of, of for those of you who, who for some reason ever listen to the pod expecting us to say stuff about the rest of the continent um, in, in this situation I think it's, it's probably fair enough so we will give you a very quick rundown Argentina as we say have already qualified they only needed a draw last night um, they very much got the win they are followed up uh, most of these sides have played 14 matches and of course there are 16 in, in this current uh, qualifying round so only two games left they're followed by Colombia, who are three points behind. Another a draw for Colombia in either of their last two matches will be enough for them. Um, Chile have, have 24, and they're almost certain. And then fighting out to avoid the playoff spot are Ecuador and Uruguay, who meet in Quito in the next round. Um, they're level at the moment on 22 points, which is why Argentina could have qualified for the draw last night, because it would obviously be impossible for both of those sides to pick up the six points they'd have needed if Argentina had got a draw. Uh, We'll give a mention to Venezuela. Venezuela won a thrilling match, 3-2 against Peru last night, to keep, just by the skin of their teeth, um, the chances of, of edging into the, uh, the spot. They've, they've got 19 points. They have only got one match left, so it's highly unlikely. They need to win that remaining match by a ridiculous number of goals and to have both Ecuador and Uruguay uh, lose theirs by, by yeah, similar it, totals. It's, it's not going to happen. But I'd just, I'd just like to... Big Venezuela up very briefly because who would have thought just one World Cup cycle ago that Venezuela would be going into their final match with even a mathematical chance, however unlikely, of qualifying? No, They've sure. been the, the, the whipping boys of the continent, apart from Bolivia outside La Paz, yeah. for decades and decades and decades, and suddenly they've. They've got good. Well, we saw it at the Copa America. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about it occasionally for, for a couple of years, and, and this is, is proof that they're, they're still very much on the up. Plus, um, they, they, Venezuela basically used to be Juan Arango and, and ten other players yeah. just running around. Um, and you're it's, right, it's there are quite, quite a few players who are, who are playing at very high level, good leagues, and, and Rondon's goal was brilliant yesterday. Mm. The way he took it was fantastic. Arango himself took a bloody good free kick, yeah, which yeah. Almost, almost broke the, angle of the post and crossbar. Yeah. Um, so well done Venezuela if, if we have any Venezuelan yeah. listeners I'm almost certain we haven't but well done you anyway pass on the head we should do during, um, during these World Cup qualifiers they, I, I think they achieved for first time ever a victory against Argentina yeah the match, well, yeah, yeah. The match uh, they played not only that they avoided defeat for the first yeah. time ever and, yeah. and it was a 1-0 win but it was the first yeah. time it's the 18th no it's 19th match and they played against Argentina in the first time that they haven't lost mm-hmm. um so well done Venezuela, well done Argentina, of course, as well for qualifying. Jolly good year. Yeah, get in. Um, we, Faria, we await. Faria said that he will decide what uh, if he continues or not in the uh, bench after the match against Paraguay. Hmm. That'd be really interesting to see what he does because he's he's a great he's a coach. Part of the reason. Yeah, it'd be, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see well. if he move, if he gets a job in Europe, what he decides to do. Elsewhere in South America, or even Argentina. Next Boca Juniors. Can you imagine him here? Wow. Um, we should we should move on now. Um, but we will, of course, uh, with Argentina qualifying for the World Cup. If, if we all happen to be in the same city when it happens, uh, we we look forward to commenting in a special edition of Hand of Pod. Well, the right. inevitable quarterfinal exit to Germany because it's when, you know when, it's when are we when are we getting our hotel reservations on on Hand of Pod? Uh, I'll be in touch. Okay. 
from what Jonathan Wilson was saying when he was in town a few weeks ago, it's going to be quite expensive. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But uh, here we go. We did have a weekend as well of league action at the same time. It's one of the advantages of, of having Julio Grandona, FIFA Vice President, as the head of your football association, uh, is that you, you're allowed to completely ignore the FIFA date. Um, so Argentina have done precisely that. Just as that dog is ignoring the fact that I'm trying to talk over it. Uh, I apologise for him. Um, some surprising results this weekend, I think it's fair to say. Mystic Sam finished with a, a magnificent uh, total of predictions, considering how surprising it was. I managed to get one right. That was it. I only got one right. But um, it was the Argentinos Juniors all-boys result. The 1-0 the win for Argentinos, uh, which is how the, the last match also finished. So, in some ways, it was the most predictable of the weekend. Um, I'm wondering where to start with this one, really. Well, River or Boca, right? Because, I mean, they're, they're two big results. They were both fairly routine 3-0 home wins, John. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Same results the other way. No. The, the other way, River uh, defeating Tigre for 3 nil and Boca losing against uh, Olimpo 3-0 also. Indeed. Uh, it's the the third time this year that, that Boca have been just played off the park by a tie who are going to be... well. Twice during the Donnell final it happened against sides who actually were eventually relegated and Olimpo um, got their first win of the season after six attempts um, by, by doing so. Incredible stuff. Um, there was a big hoo-ha during the week that Olimpo was selling uh, tickets for a thousand pesos, which is a lot of money. To neutral fans. To neutral fans, right. So, uh, so what, what is, what is a, for, for the benefit of new listeners who've listened maybe since River went down to the B, um, and this, this trend started happening, Joel. Uh, what is a neutral fan? Explain the concept to us. Um, so away fans have been banned because apparently that's the way that you can get rid of the chronic, endemic, bada brava violence. Because it's, Even it's, though they all fight each other within the same club. Exactly. So apparently that's the solution, which um, I think we've made quite clear we don't believe that it is. And I think we have... Uh, that's, that's, that's the consensus in Argentina. Although as a home fan, we don't tend to complain when it means that we can leave the stadium straight away after the well, game. Well, that's one of the, the, the advantages. But, but um, ultimately, not having away fans takes away one of Argentina's great attra- uh, attractions, which is the atmosphere. So you don't have any away fans, um, but some people have found a way around it. What The first person really to introduce this was Independiente de Rivadavia, who's Daniel Vila, who was at the time going for the AFA presidency against Julio Grondona. So River yes. weren't allowed to take any support. This was the first away match for River play in Mendoza. There were no away fans allowed in the second division. At, at that time, it wasn't in the first. Um, and Daniel Vila said, I'm going to sell tickets to neutral supporters, which obviously then meant that, that River Plate filled that side of the Estadio Islas Malvinas. And... And then River were then away fans were then allowed in the second division. Since it's become in the first division as well, but the way around it is saying that it's not for away supporters; it's for neutral supporters. So um, it's it's a complete farce, but um, it's, it's what happens. And they were selling for them for a thousand pesos, which is uh, I mean, how many times more than normal price? How much is a well, platea? A, a, uh, a platea in the home end at the Monumental for non-members is three hundred, and that's uh, pretty much the most expensive ticket in Argentine football. Uh, yeah. No, that's the most expensive ticket in Argentine football, unless you count these ridiculous VIP mm. pitch level ones at La Boca. Okay. Uh, at Boca. Um, so, yes, 1,000 pesos is, is rather a lot of money. 
Um, yeah, a lot of cash. So it's a pay for particularly to go and see Olimpo against Boca Juniors. I mean, no, no offence to, to Olimpo, but it's not, they're, they're not one of the better teams in the league. And Boca are one of the biggest, of course, but they're not exactly playing champagne football at the moment. Besides that, uh, people paying one uh, one thousand pesos uh, to watch these Boca Juniors, mm. uh, the, who, whose present is not very very uh, very good. Uh, well, uh, uh, even paying uh, one thousand pesos to to watch Argentina uh, a match for, uh, yeah. that yeah. plays Argentina is yeah. hilarious. Uh, yeah. uh, Going tickets, tickets for Argentina, Peru next month. I would imagine going on previous prices are going to be somewhere around 400 pesos for a platea, for which you get to see some slightly yeah. better players, let's say, than Olimpo have. But I'm sure that in the amongst the people who paid a thousand pesos, there were a few Olimpo supporters. In which case, you think, well, it's expensive. But seeing your side defeating Boca Juniors three 0 I mean, how many times will that ever happen? You were doing a limbo's. You were uh, doing a running total. General, I was doing a running total. Uh, well, running average. Mass is one of my strong points. So, uh, so, yeah, so I was working out on the calculator um, how much per goal it was, it was costing. But ultimately, this is the kind of thing. This game is a game that kids will be told about by their grandparents in 50, 60 years' time. Um, the, yeah, the day we beat Boca 3 0. Uh, Joe, buy a blank is going to be underwater in 50 or 60 years. <laughs> Some of Buenos Aires, probably. <laughs> We can say Boca has a, a similar uh, defense than Argentina, but not the same attack. Uh, yeah. Uh, because the steady, def- steady back uh, backside, and uh, in, uh, they have uh, Nicolas Blandi uh, that uh, he does what he can do. Yeah. And uh, but Carlos uh, Bianchi left uh, Emmanuel Higliotti in the in the bench, uh, who was the 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 the. Uh, Most, uh, the goal scorer of the mm. previous the season. Match, yeah. Along with, yeah, you're right, because everyone talked about Scotto last year, but Gigliotti scored as many as, as mm. Andrew Scotto. I'm not sure, I think Boca's defence is slightly shakier than... Although Daniel Diaz has done, done well since coming in. But yeah. one of the... The thing is, the, the internationals actually affected this match in, in a way, because um, the fact that Fernando Gago was... Well, first of all, of course, Boca lost their first-choice goalkeeper, as we've mentioned, yeah. Oriol was was sitting on the bench for Argentina not being used so Emmanuel Tripodi had to come in a decent goalkeeper but one who's not played yet this season um, and the fact that Fernando Gago was in the Argentina side meant that Ribeiro Rodriguez had to move back into midfield and the previous week in the 2-1 win over Vélez he'd been one of the better players he'd scored the opening goal and just looked solid in his first ever match as centre-back he, he looked far better than Guillermo Bordiso which surprised absolutely nobody um, particularly Hunter Podlis because you've heard us mention Guillermo Bordiso many times Um, for the Olympo game, Bordiso was back at, at centre-back as a result of having to move Ribeiro back to midfield. So with Gago coming back um, for for this weekend, it will be interesting to see whether whether Rodriguez moves back into mid, uh, back into defence again, whether Bianchi is just going to try and stick with Daniel Diaz and, and uh, Rodriguez. But it's it's not just about whether I mean Ribeiro, Sima. Oh, I'm not trying to say. I mean, come on, but I mean it, it's not. Boca have just got so many problems. Mm. One of them. Is that they didn't have Gago and they didn't have Orion, but I mean, the main this, this match was defense. complete. Wasn't out complete left field. I mean, this match, the, the result rather, um, was has been coming. They've had. I mean, you know, the, the six was six nil or was it six one to San Juan, San Martín. Six one. It was six right. I mean, this is all. This has all been coming. It's all been. It's been happening, and and Boca are unable to find a, a way out at the moment, which is incredible. 
given it's Bianchi, and given what Bianchi's success was based on, which was a very solid team that, that conceded very few and would hit, hit teams on the, on the counter-attack. Blandy is, is a really... I, I really like him. I think he's a, he's a yeah. good, good centre-forward. Yeah, yeah. But there's no service, there's no... You know, he doesn't have chances that's to... Ex- that's think. exactly what my girlfriend's dad says. He's a huge Bocca fan. Well, in that case, um, Tim Halton. Indeed. Uh, Bocca had 63% of the possession on, on Sunday. Um, they managed one shot on target. Which certainly suggests that the defence is being far too dangerous. Sometimes I... Can't I be generous, sorry. Sometimes I have the impression that... Uh, 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 the players that uh, go to the uh, to the uh, lineup in, in Boca, they don't uh, trust the other the other players that they have uh, uh, at their side. Uh, it's an impression I have because uh, it's something that continues from the last season, and, and uh, you don't see a, a team there. You see eleven players that go and try to 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 do uh, to save themselves mm-hmm. and not to. They don't trust the other players that they have. Mm. Uh, that's a really good point because Sanchez Mino, I think, is a player who, who does that particularly. He tries and and result and, and sort out the situation all by himself. Rather, and he's a very he's a very gifted this, player. And it's an, it's an this, interesting this point. This kind of feeds from a point that you've made um, about Sanchez Mino in the past, Joel, that he's not really willing to to play left back. He wants to play something more attacking. Even though at left back he's done an excellent chance of working his way into the Argentine national side one day. Um, sure. You just wonder whether he's he's feels he's got to be seen as the, the big protagonist um, rather than doing But it, that's funny though I, he doesn't really doesn't strike me in, from what I gather he's, he he's not he's particularly not, arrogant yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly, exactly. His, character, his, his, his personality is not that at all I mean he's very low profile he's, he's not he does, he's not on all these ridiculous midday programmes doing silly interviews or anything I mean he's very quiet he's, he's already got family um, he's um, I, I don't think he's that kind of player, but he's he's very gifted. But mm. but I think what Andrew said is a really good point, and that there's not a unity there in the side, which again is really strange from a Bianchi side because that is what um, the Boca success of the uh, the yeah. uh, first decade of the 2000s was uh, was all based on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other three 0 win on the other three 0 home win on Sunday because there, there was another one, which is probably the next match we'll talk about, I suspect, over the weekend um, was. Just as unexpected, I think, in some ways. Olimpo, prior to the, the Boca game, had scored twice in their opening five matches. And there was another team who also scored twice in their opening five matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was River Plate. And we're loath to say that they improved an awful lot, right? I mean, I, they were maybe a bit better. Um, first half was dreadful. First, first half, first, half at, half, at half time, right. at half half time, time was, everyone said, for God's sake, I mean, I mean everyone... All, the whole time, the River Plate timeline was going berserk with everyone saying, you know, when's Ramon going to get a grip? We've only had one shot on goal, it wasn't even on target. Uh, rubbish, there's no idea, there's no plan, there's no nothing. And then they scored three goals, and everyone's, obviously, rightly so, you know, the, get a win, three goals, perfect. The but astonishing thing was, three goals in the opening 20 minutes of the second half, it wasn't even like it was three good, goals. Good over team the whole. talk. Well, precisely. Somebody had a rocket put up their ass. Uh, Manuel Lanzini scored scored twice. I think it was his first double for River, or his first double for them in something like two and a half years. Obviously, he'd spent one of those years on uh, Fluminense, so if that stat is correct, then it's slightly less meaningless, but still. Um, and perhaps most importantly, Giovanni Simeone finally opened his account yeah. for River. Um, so that's the first of the 30-odd um, goals he'll score this season. Andres, what do, you, do you like Gio Simeone? I think it's uh, not a very, very 
the, the, exact, the exact moment for him to, to come out and play. Because a, a team doesn't... You, you can say that uh, with the different uh, play, with, a team, with, with players that move and, 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 and pass the, the ball to the other, to the, to other players and, and, and try to, to, to do something different, perhaps you... you, uh, you I can say, well, uh, Falcao uh, make, made his debut and, and perhaps uh, things weren't uh, very good at the very, very beginning of his career. But uh, Simeone, I think that is... Uh, Ramon Diaz put him there because uh, he, did, he had no choice. Mm. Uh, not because he were uh, convinced about uh, his skills. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, he can improve and he can perhaps... Uh, well. Uh, uh, he scored one goal, the, his first goal uh, officially, because he had scored uh, some goals in the uh, preseason matches, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps he scores a lot of goals and and, and he puts uh, food in my mouth and uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, then uh, we will all uh, say, well, yes, he I I wasn't right and and he was a very very good striker, but uh, we we will only see that in in. Uh, during the, the matches and, mm. and 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 we will have to wait for him to uh, well to be calm and, and, and try to do his way uh, in the pitch but uh, it's very very difficult to, to to say exactly if he's the right striker for this moment yeah but it was interesting what you're just saying there about um, about not being the right time it was a very young forward three with Lancini. Gio Simeone and, and Federico and Andrada, uh, like average age 19, and some clever stats people on Twitter said it's the um, youngest strike partnership with Gio and, and, and Andrada since, for three years, mm. previous youngest one was Keiko Vizalba alongside uh, Gabriel Rogelio Funes Mori, and look what happened to them, I mean Funes Mori just went down. Uh, Vizalba just never really got going and is now Argentinos so hopefully Gio and, and Andrada won't have similar careers but mm. um, but you're right in terms of just being thrown in the deep end and it's because the the board didn't sort out the, the strikers Mora and, and Teo arrived you know, seven years late so but, I mean Ramon had no, no alternative but both of them though I think the, the main thing here I mean Andrada is, is River Plate's all time Top scorer in, in the youth system, um, so there's, there's there's that kind of build. Up. River River Plate's youth sides two all-time top yeah. scorers were both on the pitch yeah. on Sunday uh, for different teams because Jose Sam was up front for Tigre. Jose Sam, Pepe Sam really wasn't. I mean, just I didn't see him touch. Did he touch the ball? I mean, not that I can remember. Yeah. It's, it's worth mentioning, by the way. Although you, you mentioned that these these guys have been thrown in because uh, partly because of the the other guys being away. Obviously, Fabro was away with Paraguay. Teo Gutierrez was away with Colombia. Um, Rodrigo Mora was very much not away with Uruguay. He was on the bench. Um, yeah, that so that shows you how well he's done in his opening few matches this season. No, there's something else going on here, though. You reckon? Well, no, definitely. What are you implying, John? Well, um, Mr. Mora said that he's very grateful. He knows that he's, he said something along the lines of, I'm back at River Plate because of the people, uh, the supporters, and Passarella. So what you're saying is that I, I wasn't, I haven't come back because uh, Ramon Diaz mm. asked for me to be signed, um, and there, there's a problem there. Yeah. But along with that, uh, Mora hasn't hasn't performed. I mean, he scored two goals against Boca in the in the pre-season 
Super Classicos, and everyone's like, oh, Mora, he scores against Boca, and he scored in the, in the real Super Classico, which is great, but he didn't have a good good year before he, he, his loan ended. Well, this, what, what, one of the things we were saying last week, and, and probably in the couple of weeks before as well, was that when he was signed, everybody was thinking, right, have we got the, the one who was playing for us during the Donnell Inicial last year? Yeah, yeah. Or have we got the one who spent the first six months of this year just stinking the place out during the finale? And it turns out that actually maybe it's just not that good, and the Inicial last year was a bit of a blip. Do you rate Mora? Well, of, of course, uh, I like the, 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 the goals he scored against, Bo- against Boca, <laughs> but uh, I think that I remember having his his rating going down before uh, after his grandmother died, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that he changed uh, and people, well, uh, gave him a, like a, an, an applause for, for well, uh, they understood the moment he was leaving, but now, of course, he, his performance is not as good as we yeah. would want. Uh, that's why he, uh, Ramon Diaz prefers Giovanni Simeone than him. Mm. Even though, adding to the moment uh, we, we had uh, said uh, uh, before, he was put in the, in the pitch because Teo Gutierrez wasn't... Uh, the transfer didn't arrive uh, on mm. time and he couldn't uh, play for River for the, in the first round against Gimnasia. That's why he made his debut like... In a hurry, but uh, you know, well, of course, Mora in this moment, at this moment, is is good that he's in, in, on the bench, and uh, uh, he will have to show in the in the in the training that he's he deserves a, a place in the starting lineups. Right. So, we think there's any chance that Simeone's played his way into starting alongside Theo this coming weekend. River are away to Arsenal. This are the I like Andrada more than Simeone. Yeah? I yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, definitely. I think he's much more rounded centre-forward stri- striker. I mean, he provided the assist for, was it Mancini's second or Simeone's goal? I can't remember, but he, he, he set at least one goal up on um, on Sunday. Yeah, he's. Um, I, no, I, I agree yeah. with Andres. I think in terms of a much more sort of complete, and, and just, he seems more level-headed and just he understands what's... Gameplay and where he's positioning and everything, he seems a bit more. I think Simeone is like just a, a number nine. Yeah, right? yes. Simeone uh, looks like a classic number nine standing in the in the area, and uh, Andrada is more like uh, going back to, to to touch the ball and, and and play more with his teammates. Yeah. So Andrada is having a pesky to Simeone's Michael Owen <laughs> um, to flatter them with a the comparison. Or or under another example, under Mr. Ramon Diaz would be. Saviola to Aymar. There we go. Two, two, two young strikers I, I, who... Aymar being a player who, uh, who, uh, who Diaz post-match compared uh, Manuel Lanzini with as well. That's very true. So they've got two Aymar. Not when he's trying to inflate expectations unrealistically or anything. Can you imagine someone at River Plate inflating expectations on young players? I mean, who Heaven could possibly do that? Oh, Balanta's injured. That's a, that's a problem. Oh, you're quite right. Because yeah. uh, Bottinelli's going to come in. Bottinelli had to come on at half time um, and it turns out that Balanta's twanged his, his left hamstring I think that's the, the medical really? term for it yeah, that is. Um, and it's going to be out for two weeks um, I can't so it then but yeah in some way uh, no maybe maybe a, a strength snick or something <laughs> um, so in some way it was a very well timed return from injury himself or to match fitness for, for Bottinelli uh, but on, in another way River have lost their best centre-back. Alvarez Valanta uh, did something which is also very, very hard for a, a, a player who is uh, on his beginning. That is, uh, he was reliable from the first 
very first match he played for Primera, for River Plate Primera. So uh, that is something very, very difficult to find. And, and Alvarez Valanta uh, did it. You can you can watch uh, uh, rivals uh, being afraid of, of, of facing him. So that and is in some recent weeks as well. He started not only doing that, but helping them build from the back. He started getting the ball and bursting through the midfield and creating. Apparently, he was a number ten before he, he was moved back to, to defence. So it's perhaps not that surprising, but it's um, but he's managing to do it at top flight level as well. That that warranty I, I, I talked about is something that uh, I am pretty sure he will go uh, uh, to play uh, to any club in Europe, and he will be as reliable as he's showing. Here at, at River Plate. Uh, there were eight other matches that we've not mentioned yet at the weekend. The first was the other 3 0 home win. It was the very first match of the weekend. It was Newell's Old Boys, and obviously they were absolutely played off the pitch and thrashed black and blue by Vélez Sarsfield, who started the season fairly disappointingly. Vélez pushed Newell's, pressed them way further up the pitch than I've seen anybody else do, I think, this year, uh, possibly apart from Atletico Mineiro in the second leg of the Libertadores semi final. Um, Vélez, even after the win, mid-table, two wins, three draws. They've only lost once, so I don't think that avoiding defeat was that surprising. Um, but Newell's had started the season well, um, yeah. and I, I was not expecting that. Did either of you see it, guys? Well, Vélez uh, uh, looks like a pure the old Vélez, and, and, and there's a new Newell's, because uh, you... I think they did, but at the same time, Vélez, yes. yeah. the previous weekend, had been played off the pitch by Boca Juniors in... Okay, in La Bombonera, but and lost two one there. Um, it almost seemed to me like Vélez have been were particularly up for that game. Um, sorry, bit of a, sorry. No, uh, perhaps uh, as as Lucas Prato said before. Uh, sorry, after they 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 defeat defeat uh, News for three 0 that they were like uh, proud of, of about how they played against the best mm. team of Argentina, and that's something particular because. They might uh, have said, well, this is the match we have to win in order to appear again into the scene of the, the torneo final, so, or initial, sorry. So, I think that uh, these, these are matches uh, which are played in a special way, and, and well, uh, I, 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 I was the one who thought that uh, New South Boys changed the coach, uh, now it's Alfredo Berti instead of uh, Martino, who is in Barcelona, and the team didn't suffer any changes. Well, no. in this case, I think that uh, I was wrong. because. Although, having said myself at the beginning of this discussion that they were played off the pitch, it's worth pointing out that Vélez's second and third goals came while Newell's were very much pushing forward for the equaliser. They came in the last 20 minutes, both from this uh, substitute who I'd never heard of before, Ramiro Cáceres. Yes. Both very well taken. Um, have either of you heard of him? Ever? Just some puzzled looks for the benefits of listeners, because uh, Joel and Andres can't be bothered to, to talk, to articulate uh, their reply. Um, I was trying to get away with not, saying, with not admitting. <laughs> but still, Newell's only managed one shot on target, apparently, which is quite something for them. I suspect it was more of an off day for Newell's than, than uh, any particular rocks that set in, but of course we'll find out for certain um, when they play one of the other three nil victors this coming weekend. They're playing Olimpo in Rosario. So that'll be a nice way for Olimpo to follow up the 3-0 win against Boca, won't it? Elsewhere, Estudiantes, rather unfortunate not to beat Belgrano. They drew 1-1. Uh, Belgrano, I think, had one chance. It came handed to them on a plate by Leandro de Sabato. They equalised after Estudiantes had already had two goals disallowed for offside, one of which was correct, very marginal, but correct. 
and the other of which was really definitely not correct at all. Um, so that's why Mystic Sam got one wrong uh, this weekend. Um, Godoy Cruz against Colón. I don't think I saw. I think that was played at the same time as Belgrano uh, Studio. There were loads of matches that kicked off like half an hour apart this weekend. Yeah, it was ridiculous. The, what's going on here? Because uh, the whole uh, point of Football Paradox was that we'd have a week, an afternoon of just five matches in a row, one after the other, and they've started playing four at the same time, or two at the same time, followed by another two at the FIFA same time. FIFA weekends, mate. That's me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have to accommodate the, the, the international games. Which there were none of on Saturday or Sunday, <laughs> so that didn't matter. Um, but Godoy Cruz got their first win, indeed scored their first goal since the opening day uh, defeat of Argentinos Juniors. Really? They've gone five matches without a goal in between yeah. them, um, which is why they're down in the relegation zone. Uh, they, they beat Argentinos in, on the first weekend to go ahead of Argentinos in, in the relegation standings. I think, in fact, they, they went three points out. I think they started off level on points. Um, and Argentinos are now, even after that win, um, are six clear of Godoy Cruz. They're oh, four clear. Argentinos have got 99 points for the three seasons, and Godoy Cruz have got 95. Where else, what else do we have? Argentinos themselves won 1 0 against all boys in the, uh, the semi Classico de Barrio. Osvaldo Miranda, bloody-headed Osvaldo Miranda, scoring the, the winning goal, like a, an Argentine Terry Butcher, half an hour into the first half. Um, I think it was a, a Bochero assist for Miranda. It was. Yes, it was. And yeah. the one, uh, we, talk, uh, we talked about him last uh, Hannah Pod, mm. because he was one of the players that Caruso Lombardi uh, saw, no one other <laughs> uh, people in Argentina saw, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and uh, yes, uh, uh, it looked like uh, Argent- Argentinos juniors and uh, all boys was the ones who scores a goal wins the match. Uh, mm. I think the, the match was like that. Uh, exactly the same as it was the last time they met, sort of five or six months ago in La Paterna when I was, I was there. Yeah, Caruso against Falcione is not really going to be a, a goal thriller, is it? Although, which side are the top scorers of the torneo inicial so far? I knew you'd have that. Uh, actually, it's San Lorenzo. Uh, <laughs> that's first by Bobby, isn't it? Argentinos are third top behind San Lorenzo and Newell's. Um, they are top of the table, though. Yes. I, I, so I think it looks weird. That, that's not going to stop looking weird. We'll have to forget the, the play, which for me was the play of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, in the match between Rosario Central and San Lorenzo. Yes. Uh, because in the, I think it was 2 0 for San Lorenzo, and the second goal uh, was. Uh, I don't know if it was scored by Elisari, but. The, he was Michalba, but Elisari was in the outside the, the field, the pitch. Yes, yeah. And he got into the pitch. Be just uh, I know uh, he looked like he was he was injured and something. Elisari like that. was having he had a cut on his head. I think he, yeah. he had a clash of heads. He had a cut on his head. The referee told him to leave the pitch. Um, the physio poured some water on it and, and sort of rubbed it away, and, and there was no blood there. They stood around on the side of the pitch on the halfway line whilst Central were attacking um, and the referee turned around and saw them at exactly the same time as a long ball out of the San Lorenzo penalty area the referee waves Elisari on almost at the same time as the ball goes over the referee's head and falls down just where Elisari was entering the pitch um, and Elisari then played what must be said was a really nice pass to Hector Vichalba um, to score the match the, the, the goal that, that sealed the match uh, five minutes to go and they made it 2-0 to, to San Lorenzo um, we've mentioned uh, Alvarez Balante's injury for River we also need to mention the reason of course that Michalba was on the pitch for San Lorenzo at that point was that Martin Calderuccio having scored about a quarter of the way into the match to give San Lorenzo 
in the lead had to go off injured. Uh, he's going to be out for the rest of the year. He's out for about five months with a cruciate ligament, I think, in his injury. Yeah. Um, and the yeah. Cult, cult hero, Funes Mori, might be the man to replace him. Indeed, because after guidelines state that if a, if a player's going to be out for the rest of the championship, then the club is allowed to sign another player to replace him. It can be any outfield player, as long as it's not a goalkeeper, they're allowed to sign a defender to replace Calderoche if they want. Uh, but Rogelio Gabriel Funes Mori is one of the names being uh, sounded out by San Lorenzo because, of course, he's not really playing for Benfica. Well, he hasn't been he hasn't been put in the list for the Champions League or, or anything. I mean, he's no, he was uh, out from the list, and I, I tweeted something about that. Obviously, making uh, like a, a joke, uh, ironic, uh, because I thought, well, uh, the directives of San Lorenzo want a player similar to the one who has or who has broken his leg. Well, Torucho <laughs> broken is like the same, like same as, a fit, same as Rogelio Funes Mori. Obviously, making a joke. I hope Funes Mori is not listening to this uh, podcast. <laughs> I'd be but, fairly confident that he's, yeah. he's not doing, unless you've told him about him when you interviewed him, Joel. But I think that was before Hand of Pod. I think it was pre pre Hand of Pod. I mean, it's difficult to imagine a world without Hand of Pod. Well, exactly. But it, it did exist, yeah. Indeed. Um, Martin Rolle scored a fantastic free kick for Arsenal to win 1-0 away to Quilmes in the, the Nuevo Al- Clásico del Sur. So the, the Allen Ball of Argentine football. Why is this, John? Have you not heard Martin Rolle speak? I have not. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, I have. You're quite right, yeah. Uh, although, uh, one of the Vélez defenders, I always get Cubero and... Cubero's uh, up there. Mixed up. I think Martin Rolle is just a, a couple Cubero. of tones above him. Rafaela beat Gimnasia 2-1 to end Gimnasia's uh, very mm. decent uh, beginning to the season. Possibly, however... The most ridiculous match of the weekend came in Avellaneda, where not only did Racing manage to avoid defeat in Carlos Ischia's first match um, in charge at home to Lanús, who of course had already beaten Racing twice this season in competitive action in the Copa Sudamericana, um, the second half was delayed by well, in fact, no, the second half kicked off perfectly on time, and about 80 seconds into it, uh, the, the floodlights failed. The irony of this, of course, is that it was the first league match that Racing were playing at home with fans and the reason they'd had the previous two without fans was a deliberate power failure to celebrate Independiente's relegation and hold a big funeral for them in the dark uh, during the last home match of last season so perfectly fitting I think that a, a floodlight failure caused the, uh, the delay to the second half um, but Racing in some ways looked like an entirely different side Lanús were quite poor it must be said um, but Racing, especially in the first half, they came out all guns blazing. Uh, Luciano Vieto scored for Racing just before half-time. Um, and Carlos Araujo... Uh, sorry, it was Vieto um, kicked the ball into Marquesin, didn't he? And then Marquesin, it bounced off Marquesin and onto Araujo. And the, the, the goal was initially credited to Vieto. Um, but it turned out to be a Carlos Araujo own goal. And Maxi Velasquez, um, obviously scored the, the equaliser for Lanús I'm saying obviously because he's the left back um, really quite late in uh, according to Ole 62 minutes into the second half um, that is late because TV just kept the timer running during the, the, the uh, I guess the referee did as well so officially there was what 25 yeah. minutes added on or something rather than just playing 40 that's minutes that's what they have to do right if they've kicked off then that's what they have to do it appears to be here at least yeah, yeah. I'm fairly sure it's well, having said that, I don't really see as many power cuts in other countries, so can't really remember it happening in the Premier League. Um, but well done, Racing, for avoiding defeat. They've got an away trip to Boca in the next round. There were three red cards in that match as well. Fernando Ortiz uh, for Racing and Paolo Goltz and Nicolas Pasquini um, 
for Lanus. It was a pretty entertaining match. It was just a shame about the 20 minute sitting around waiting for it to restart. Didn't see it, but I'm looking forward to seeing Racing Boca um, for many reasons, not just that it's the Classico and, and what have you, but Ischia against uh, Bianchi, you know, the former... Ischia against his former the, club as well. Against his former against club. Against his former mentor. Well, the former mentor, exactly, the master and his, uh, his apprentice. Mm. So um, lots of kind of intrigue and backstory there going on, which is going to be quite interesting. Indeed. Unfortunately, Argentina won't play against River. In this case, in that case oh, sorry, Pasari is the president of River, not the, the coach. If River, if Pasari was the coach for River, it would be interesting to... Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's coached them before, yes, of course, yeah. as well. Mm. Um, so those are the results. What they leave is, as I've mentioned in passing earlier, Argentinos Junior still bizarrely sitting atop Argentine football. Ricardo Caruso Lombardi, for the moment, is officially the best manager in the whole country. God help us. Um, Arsenal de Sarandí and San Lorenzo are one point behind them on 12. Newell's on 11. Um, and then we've got Estudiantes Gimnasia Colón on 10. And loads of teams on 9. Between Argentinos on 13 points and Boca, who are 11th, uh, there are 4 points separating those sides. And then we've just got Godoy Cruz, one below them. So it's still very much anyone to play for. And we are, as we say... Follow after the next round of fixtures will be more than a third of the way through the championship. Um, so it's it's all up for grabs, as they say. Racing now the only side who've not yet won, um, thanks to that Olimpo win, of course, over Boca Juniors. I'm going now to play a little bit of music. We're going to refill our glasses, and we will come back and answer some of your questions, dear listeners. about how uh, Dan Schweimler, who was on last week, the Argentinos fan, is from now on going to be relevant, Dan, uh, because Tom Beck, presumably having never heard of him before, uh, Dan's been on like five or six episodes of Panda Pod previously, um, was asking whether Dan's Twitter is, is relevant when I was tweeting it earlier. It's got to be said that it's not really. Um, I don't think Dan really uses Twitter. He has got a, a Twitter handle. It's an interesting adjective, that's all. Relevant. Yes, indeed. So from now on, he's, he's relevant. Active. Now. Active is the one I'd go for. We're going to need to explain this to him because the exchange took place on Twitter. And of course, of course, Dan would have seen it. Yeah. Um, so next time he's on, we, we'll explain the nickname to him and uh, introduce him to it. And we've had a few questions, only a few, um, which will stop us going on for too long. The first is from Tom Robinson, who asks... What are your wild card selections for a surprise place in the Argentina squad at the World Cup? Wow, good question. One player, I think he's saying a surprise place, so one player each. Andres, you're the Argentine, do you have any ideas? Uh, definitely, it will be at the back, because uh, I think that the five strikers are already, uh, well, they, they are the ones they, that have been playing and, and uh, you have to add Iguain who, who wasn't able to play yesterday mm-hmm. but uh, it's very very hard to to, to, to bet on a player uh, 
because you have to see if there is an injury or 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 or, or a, a sudden a low rating for a player that was already on the on the list. But I I I, I would bet on 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 or or some someone who is in the back, but as I said, right or left uh, back because they are the ones that aren't very sure in in the in the in the national team and perhaps I, I think that my bet is for Bancioni which is for me one very one who is uh, doing everything to be called up and and isn't uh, and Sabella perhaps isn't uh, calling him up because as I said uh, he prefers to to call players that he knows well but uh, if I have to choose one, I will choose him, Mancioni. Yes. Okay. That would certainly be one that would raise a few eyebrows in Europe, I think. Yeah, Even for sure. Um, most people would never have heard of him. I mean, very complete answer by Andres, and, and the thinking there is, is spot on. Up front, even really in the midfield, I mean, the only one I'd say is maybe Pastore, who I don't think is on, on the cards at the moment at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll get a chance to go in. Lamela as well as another player who's not definitely in, in the squad but uh, but again it's not really wildcard so on that theme I'll go for, to the other side of the city and say and stick to my guns with Mr Juan Sanchez Mino Just to really fuck with Daniel Passarella's head does anybody know uh, Alvarez Balanta has been naturalised? He says cheekily because um, that would be quite a surprise um, I'm He'll go he will go he'll be at the World Cup though you reckon? By all accounts, yeah. I think yeah. So, yeah. Why has he not been called up by Pokemon yet? Well, he's under twenties, setting the under twenties set up and he uh, line up and and, um, and I mean, if he moves in December or January to to Europe, good six months there. Why not? Interesting. We shall see. Shepes or Yepes is about forty four. I mean, yeah. they, they need they need to, to blood. I mean, in the same sense that Ronaldo. Brazilian one went to the 1994 World Cup didn't mm-hmm. play at all I wouldn't be surprised Peckham a coach who loves to bring through young players very good at it sees good talent I think it'll be there I think it'll be the squad uh, for my uh, wild card I'm going to have to try and pick out somebody I think who is playing for the team who Alejandro Savela supports or at well, least which he's yeah, publicly to... stated that he supports because Ridiculously, we've mentioned Alpha Plus before on Handler Pod. We've mentioned how bloody stupid it is. I think this new ID card system that's coming in at some point, undefined in the next five years. They said it was going to be a couple of months ago, then they said no, it's going to be January 2014, and God knows when it'll actually happen. But you need an ID uh, identification card uh, to get into Stadia in Argentina, as from this undefined point in the future. Um, and when they were back recently in Buenos Aires, prior to heading to Asuncion, the Argentine national side all applied for them themselves, obviously the publicity stuff, um, during which, apparently, you have to say who you support. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Sabella gave his answer. Sabella, of course, having come up through the youth ranks at River, having been an assistant manager with, when Passarella, in fact, was in charge at River, um, of River Plate. He's very heavily linked with River Plate, but is also, of course, very heavily linked uh, with Estudiantes de la Plata, um, to avoid the controversy, he could have just said he supported Sheffield United, surely. Should that would have been the correct answer. Um, but he said that he was an Estudiantes fan. And so I'm going to have to go, I think, with an Estudiantes um, player. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, the only sorry. problem is they haven't really got any decent young defenders. Maybe Jonathan Shunky, but he's been he's sorry, not great. Right. Can, can I you take my answer? Go on. Clemente Rodriguez. Oh, yeah? Okay. You, yeah, you're just stealing your, your, your line of thinking. Uh, I'm going to just suggest, and it ties in with the next question, which is part of the reason I'm saying it. As my answer, I'm going to say Jeronimo Rooney. It's third choice goalkeeper. Nice. I was, nice. I was I like just, a, just okay. about to mention him because uh, if Romero... Uh, goes on uh, playing like yesterday for example mm. uh, uh, and we know he fell in love with the Estudiantes players or former Estudiantes players uh, well Hernan Moruli uh, uh, the young goal, Estudiantes goalkeeper is another uh, possibility for, for me to him to, to be on the yeah. on the list because he's a bit of a cheat answer really of course on my part because we've had a question about him which is the next one uh, Mike O'Neill says that today apparently the Catalan press I missed this have linked Jeronimo Rulli who in case anybody's particularly thick and hasn't picked this up in the last minute or so um, is Estudiantes goalkeeper he's about 20 21 years old or something and he's done very well so far 21 going on 16. Yeah. He looks very, very young. Yeah. But he's, he's the guy who I mentioned partway through the Donnell Finale earlier in the year who'd played, had conceded on his debut but then gone something like six matches without conceding or something yeah, stupid yeah. like that afterwards at the age of you know, 20 and gone. Um, apparently the Catalan press have linked him with Barcelona today. Is he making a big impact with the Estudiantes? I think we've actually just answered that question really. <laughs> yeah. No, he's uh, the answer's yes. Um, he's, he's looked very good indeed. I, I'm surprised. I'd be interested to know where, where it was. I saw in Mundo. I, I keep being Mundo, Mundo Deportivo said that um, Guzman News was also linked. Their front page today was Balanta and Guzman. I mean, with with, with Tata Martino, they're always well. any any young player is going to be linked with with Barcelona now while while he's while he's there. Yeah. Um, more than traditionally has always happened anyway. But but really is um, a top top keeper. I really like. Him. Hmm. Um, finally, before we have had only three questions. Oh. Keeps it short and simple. Uh, Brian Maxwell asks, with World Cup fever high, no team from outside South America having won the World Cup on the continent, surely you fancy Argentina. And Beres, are you going to be tempting fate enough to say, yes, you do? Do you yeah. think Argentina can win next year? Uh, well, uh, depending on, on how players wake up during that month, uh, but uh, certainly, if if they adjust that things Messi said yesterday, which I think he meant defense, defense yeah. uh, it's really really possible, uh, of course. Uh, and of course, the thing is, the one thing that I, I keep seeing is encouraging for Argentina is that because the attack is so strong, they don't maybe have to make the defense quite as strong as it would have to be for another national side. It's going to be brilliant. It's, it's, not it's as if Kevin Keegan tactics. Well, precisely, but it's not as if anybody, any other national team, if Argentina had taken an early lead, no one's going to be able to afford to just throw everything, including the kitchen sink, forward in the last 15 minutes or so for an equaliser when they know that they've got the players Argentina have got capable of hitting them on the counter. Um, so in, in some ways, that attacking line is the first line of defence. Obviously, There's I'm not saying that defence doesn't have to be improved, yeah, the, the, um, but it maybe doesn't have to be... The strategy to defend against, Ars- uh, against Argentina is, is a no-win because Argentina have the quality of players that if they're close up, if they're in your last, in your third, um, that they can they can find a way through. And if you push forward, they've got the pace mm. to hit on the on the counter attack. So really, finding that balance is, as you said, very 
very difficult. And yet, at the same time, I think we should be realistic and, and you know remember that Argentina haven't got past the quarterfinals since 1990. Is that right? That's, yes. Yes. Um, and it's not as if the Brazilian public are going to be welcoming them with open arms and letting them sleep soundly at night in their hotel prior to a potential quarter-final against the host nation. Or they won't be able to get near like the hotel. This isn't the Libertadores, mate. And they're staying, FIFA, in, Belo, they're staying in Belo Horizonte, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, are they? That's what I saw tweeted minutes after the game ended last night, that they'd already confirmed the place. No, they can't. The security at World Cups is, I mean, you know, different level. They can't get... You know more about this than well, that's, of course, your because they, they You can't get near, right. near the team myself. Most likely, maybe there will be some that they'll be, be able to, but, but I don't think so. Well, her, the heart says, says it's, it's possible. And if I have to think a, a, a serious uh, response, well, uh, I think that Brazil is the number, the very, very candidate because they are host and they, we have the pressure because of that only. Okay. Uh, then we'll see. But then Spain because they are the the, the, the champions and and then then could be Argentina in the third place because of the attack we have mentioned. Uh, mm. That it, it's not very, it's not bad to think. Well, if we concede two goals, but, but we can score three. We we have the like the secure uh, victory, but uh, I think yeah, and, and you have to throw Germany into that as well. well for me, the three favourites are Spain, Argentina, Germany. Not necessarily yes. in the order I just said, yeah. but those are the. Brazil's going to be really interesting to see how they how they got. deal with it though, but because the pressure is going to be so intense. I kind of can. I've got a, a few. You and Marshall, uh, who is an occasional listener. Um, to hand a pod and, only uh, occasionally well I, I know that he listens at least occasionally for right. all I know he might listen weekly um, you and Marshall and, and a few of my other uh, friends or contacts in Brazil have all told me the same thing which is that they think that Brazil are going to be far more well set for 2018 purely because of the age of most of their key players at the moment um, it might yeah. just be one World Cup too soon for them even though it's at home plus the fact that it's at home on the one hand you think gives them the advantage but on the other particularly after 1950 it adds a hell of a lot of pressure, more so than, than a lot of host nations would have to, to put up with, in my opinion. I, I would not be at all surprised if Brazil are out before the semi-final. Wow. I've been saying this for the last two years, three years. I think that, that repeating the, the, the phrase that Maradona said, uh, that Mascherano plus 10 players, uh, in that case, uh, Brazil is Neymar plus 10. Mm. But... Uh, uh, I think that uh, in in that case, in, well, they are they will be the host na uh, national team, and and uh, that is a, a, a something to take into account. Then, well, uh, uh, I think that Germany, as Joel said, is a, another strong national team because uh, they have uh, I think kept their their physical presence and they added added yeah. the technical uh, play uh, with I think well uh, uh, Thomas Müller uh, and uh, then well the other Phil Blam and uh, Ozil who has uh, been who has uh, sold been sold to to Arsenal incredibly from Real Madrid well yes I think that will be in between Brazil Argentina Spain and Germany in my case mm -hmm. in my opinion is that uh, I, I could have a fourth candidate because between Germany and Argentina will be that uh, third place. Uh, I think they, they will be fighting okay. 
but we are, in, we are in September and for June there are still seven months uh, to go and Absolutely. there is a world uh, ahead certain players being an Argentine football podcast I'm sure as well I don't know how Joel uh, feels about it but as an Englishman I don't really see any realistic chance of us winning so I'd, much rather, I'd, I'd like Argentina to win I'm not going to be crying into my cornflakes if they don't but they'll be the team that I'm supporting once England are out yeah, whether yeah. that's in a month's time or in six months, six or seven months' time. No, um, so you know, certain players obviously can can get injured more than anything. I think that's the biggest danger. We're not going to mention any names because we don't want to jinx them. Um, but I'm sure you all know who we're talking about. Um, no, so but the problem is, is without mentioning it, the problem is if he arrives, any of them, Joel. Please. Well, all right, but you know, um, the captain, if he gets to next year, as he as he ended last season. He which could be was knackered, anyway. knackered, sort of injured, mm. not really at, at, at his peak. So, um, of course, he is being managed by an Argentine now. Oh. So, be rested, but he doesn't like being rested. This is the thing. No, it's foolish. The arrogance of youth. Um, if only we all still had it. Um, congratulations! Before I go on to Mystic Sam, to any other of our listeners who are from or living in. Uh, countries who have already qualified for the World Cup. Argentina became the 10th, if we include Brazil, who didn't exactly qualify, but, you know, are going to be there. Um, most of all, I think, to Jordan, who are still in with a chance. They've not qualified yet, but they beat Uzbekistan on penalties in the uh, in the Asian playoff. So the whoever finishes fifth in South America, Uruguay. probably Uruguay or Ecuador or just possibly Venezuela. You can't say probably um, and give three... Is going to have well. It'll be one of those, probably one of those three. Obviously, I'm assuming that Chile are going to uh, to, to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, it's going to have a double-legged playoff against Jordan, but also very good luck if you're an African listener to Burkina Faso, uh, Cap Verde, and there was one other one who I who won their group and were just ridiculous as well. Um, three African sides in in the in contention still. Who I was not expecting. I don't think anybody was expecting to still be up there at this point. Right. We've reached the end of the podcast, and that means Mystic Sam is going to be telling you what to definitely not place any bets on this week, right after this music. Okay, I've had a bit of a top-down restructuring of, of how I do these previews. Um, talk us through your your, 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 no, your no, approach, your, your prediction. I'm not going to talk it through in, in any real detail because if I turn out to get even fewer than I did last week, and I if I turn out to get none out of ten uh, this week, I'll look a complete twat if I've told you how I did it. First of all, um, but uh, I'm, I'm confident that these I, are going I did to try, be. I did try. Yes, yes, you're quite right, John. I, I can't blame you for asking the question. Uh, I'm confident that these are going to be uh, good. All ten of these are going to happen definitely. Lanús versus Argentinos Juniors, two of the title candidates, that seems bizarre to say, um, are going to draw on Friday evening, kick off 6 o'clock uh, local time. Six. It's not quite as bad as 4 or 3 no, on right, weekday, yeah. but it's still pretty ridiculous. Belgrano have already beaten Venice at home once this season in the Copa Sudamericana, and I think they're going to make it 2 out of 2 in Cordoba. Um, All Boys versus Quilmes. Draw. Newell's Old Boys versus Olimpo de Bahia Blanca. One of them lost 3 0 last weekend, the other one won 3 0 last weekend, and I'm going for Newell's to emerge victorious. Uh, San Lorenzo to beat Godoy Cruz in Bajo Flores. 
Estudiantes to take a point away from Rafaela. I'm going to go for Rosario Central to get an away win over Tigre. Boca Juniors versus Racing, the Big Five Classic of the weekend, is going to be a home win. Arsenal versus River. I am sticking my neck out of it here, but I think River can get a win. I think the, the, the goals they score plus the return of Tail and Jonathan Fabro are going to give them a bit more confidence. Should they Arsenal Oh, Arsenal have been good. Yeah, That's why I sticking yeah, my neck yeah. out. If, if you're betting, I would recommend maybe we draw really, that on that one. Really on fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, don't 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 make mistakes too big on that one particularly. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and Tinasia, I think, to make home advantage tell against Colón in La Plata, get back to winning ways. Andres last week told me that he did, had no argument whatsoever with any of my predictions. Um, so, <laughs> would you like to to pick any bones with him this week, Andres, in light of what happened uh, last weekend? No, I prefer to say yes to my boss. And <laughs> uh, you're okay with all predictions. Thank you very much, Joel. Um, no, you know we we've already discussed this at length, and you know it's a difficult league to to predict, mate. So I wouldn't wish anyone having to have that responsibility to have to. No, well, all, all of your predictions are are logical. Logical. The problem is that the problem is football, Argentine football is not logical. Are there any fixtures that we're particularly looking forward to seeing? Personally, although obviously we're all, well, uh, two of us are River fans and one of us is a, is a member, as we said last time you were on, Joe. Um, <laughs> River Arsenal should be a, a good game. I'm looking forward to Lanús Argentinos actually as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, as no as idea as if I'll be able to see it at, at six on Friday. Probably will miss it from mm. work, what have you, but, but that no does, sound, does, does sound good. A lot of people with <laughs> suitcases in the, in, this, in the stadium. Yes, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> Boca Racing is, yeah, that, I think Boca Racing is almost guaranteed to be hilarious whatever the result is at any rate I mean as people who don't like either of the clubs particularly is Juan Roman Riquelme returning I think he's, he is he's, isn't he he's been nailed on all week and then just yeah. this evening I saw something saying he's a doubt again oh you're joking um, so whether he's broken down in training again or whether the journalist in question had a, a bit of a um, late information. Let's do a quick Twitter it's, search. I, think, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, Antonio Ratin gave an interview this week, and he was really he was Antonio Ratin being being the man who. I'm sat sure not all about this because they're English. So. Sorry, sorry. Uh, he's the guy who, in the 1966 World Cup, sat down on the red carpet at Wembley after being sent off um, in the quarterfinal match against England. But who in Argentina is seen as a well, first of all, it is not not just seen as uh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. A, a great gentleman of the game. He's he's um, essentially a Boca got the Alfredo Stefano role at Real Madrid. He's yes, one of the sure. honorary not honorary president, well, quite, appearing but by all, ambassador. But at the same time, he appears by all public appearances to be a bit less of an asshole than Alfredo Stefano, perhaps. Steady. Far be it for me to say. Steady. Um, but anyway, so Ratin said this week that. He was just quite critical of Raquelman. He said that you know he, he can't play that much anymore. He's getting injured all the time, and he's not that influential in games. Which I thought was really interesting for him to to come out and say. He's always been quite outspoken anyway. Yeah. Ratin isn't someone just to play to play the game, but it's not an old ex-Argentine footballer from the sixties being outspoken. Joe, what are you? <laughs> the very idea is ridiculous. Come on. But in his ambassadorial role. And you'd expect him to, to, to toe the line, right? No, absolutely. Uh, he's he's the, the Johan Krauf for Barcelona of, of Boca Juniors, let's say. Um, I.e. not helping as much as he thinks he is. Um, 
It's going to be an interesting match, though. I think I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. That is at 18.15 on Sunday. Brief. Oh, Aston Al Rivers, the 9.15 kickoff. Of course, we had to have one stupid late kickoff. Um, that's your lot for this week's Hand of Pod. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for, for joining me. Um, Pleasure as always. Thank you, Pat. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to it, and we will be back next weekend to discuss all of the stuff that's happening this weekend. Um, and probably a bunch of stuff that we've not yet predicted this being Argentine football and everything (laughs) so enjoy the football this weekend as ever and goodbye for now from Andres bye bye goodbye from Joel adios and goodbye from me ciao